Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. It's great to have you back. It's great to be back. We're going to have another short episode here for the middle of the week, Thursday edition of the podcast. Just going to talk a little bit about about the podcast itself, actually, today. Um, not so much about uh, the Founding Fathers directly, but uh, how we talk about the Founding Fathers, but a specific aspect of that. The part of the mission statement of this podcast is not to be modern political. Uh, I've mentioned that before. Number one, because there's a there's a lot of places that you can go to get modern political commentary. And I mean, just turn on the news. It's all they do on the news anymore. It's just basically a political show like 99% of the time. And I don't care what news network you turn on. It's 99% political, which is unfortunate. Didn't used to be that way. And I don't want to bring that crap onto this podcast. I really don't. Um, everybody, I, w- I would just be, you know, a, yet another podcast doing that kind of crap. So I don't do that. Now, there is this fine balance that I try to draw here. I have to talk about politics in some regard because we are talking about the Founding Fathers, the people who built a country and invented a political system. So how in the world do you do that without talking about politics? Well, the answer is you can't. You have to talk about politics at some point. So I wanted to talk about a couple of things that I mention on this podcast occasionally and why I do it and why it's not modern political, not entirely, and and why I think it really does relate to what we're talking about on the podcast. There's a couple of things. The first one that I wanted to talk about was this concept of democracy. Somebody might think that's a modern political commentary that I make when I say that there's politicians out there in the world today that constantly harp on this seemingly never-ending garbage monologue about saving democracy, preserving democracy, and how wonderful American democracy is when, frankly speaking, American democracy simply doesn't exist. Somebody might think, well, oh my gosh, Roman, you're getting all modern political on us. You gotta, you gotta pipe down with the pol- political commentary there. It is kind of modern political when I, when I talk about that, but it's really not entirely. It's really more a commentary about what the Founding Fathers did and what they intended. I can't very well talk about the fact that the Founding Fathers built a republic and not talk about the fact that there are forces at work trying to destroy that because it's foundational. Now, I'm not going to get into all the other little garbage arguments that go on in modern modern politics, but I will talk about that at the very least and a couple of other things. But I don't name names when I say it. I don't get partisan about it. I don't say, well, this one party over here talks about it, but this other party over here doesn't talk about it, or maybe they do, and they, or maybe they both talk. I don't get into all that. I never name names on this podcast. You'll notice that. I've never na- named one senator, one House representative. Not a single president has ever been named on this podcast, as best I could call unless I slipped up and I mentioned a name. But honestly, I don't think that I have. And I don't talk about the daily news. And, you know, this this thing I talk about when I go on a, a rant about democracy versus Republic, that's not modern current events news. I mean, it is, but it isn't. I mean, who else is talking about that? Probably two other people occasionally. A couple times a year, you might hear something like that if you keep your ear to the ground. Most of the rest of the time, people don't talk about it. It's not It's not in the public discourse at all. It should be, but it's not. But anyway, I have to defend what the Founding Fathers did if I believe that what the Founding Fathers did was good. And in the case of building a republic, 
I believe it was good, and I have to educate everybody out there that it is, in fact, a republic. It's not a democracy. Otherwise, people get confused. You know, I know a lot of you folks out there are students of history in some regard or another, and you know that it's a republic. You instinctively know that. But there's going to be people who cruise into the podcast who've never been exposed to this material before who don't know that. And if I don't say anything about it, how in the world are they ever going to know? The answer is they won't. Not unless they really pay attention and they can read between the lines. But then on top of that, they're going to be confronted almost daily with this never-ending bombardment of democracy, democracy, democracy. And some people might think I'm a little bit dramatic when I say things like, you know, this podcast is where democracy goes to die. And I'll admit that is a little over the top, but there's a reason for it. It's not that I'm trying to be dramatic. It's that I'm trying to make a point. The world is going to bombard you so much with this concept of democracy. I have to try to swing that pendulum the other way as far as I possibly can just to draw a stark contrast. Do I really think that democracy should die? I've answered this question before. No, not in certain contexts. But as far as national general government goes, yes, I do. I do believe that democracy should die because democracy is not helpful. I've, I've been all through that before. I'm not going to go on. I'm not going to get into it again. But that's why I talk about it because of what the Founding Fathers did. This is a podcast about the letters from the Founding Fathers. And the letters are the context text around what they did. And I have to talk about that in some political capacity some of the time. And there's really not a really good way around that. But the best I can do is not get partisan about it. I'm not going to talk about current news events on this podcast for the most part. I've mentioned Ukraine a couple of times, but I, I do that again as, an, as a modern example of issues that are talked about by the Founding Fathers, perhaps in the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution of the United States. I'll give you another example of that. I've also reached back into history and talked about things also in that part of the world, namely Russia, Ivan the Terrible, and his great purge that he went on basically murdering and massacring his own people. And I talk about that much in the same context as I talk about Ukraine, as an example of why the Founding Fathers did some of the things that they did. It's really about context, so that people can understand that these events are not isolated to the, the Founding Fathers in 1776, and also that these issues are not over, And nor, nor did they begin in 1776. These problems have been going on for many thousands of years. And you have to understand that to fully understand where the Founding Fathers were coming from. And you have to understand that it is going to continue to happen to understand why the Founding Fathers wrote into the Constitution some of the things that they did. Because if you don't understand that context, you're not going to fully get the Constitution. And that's part of the problem with the United States today. People's education is so lacking in historical context they don't get the Constitution. They just don't get it because they have no context, no education, no background. So what am I left to do on this podcast? I have to provide context. So yes, I'm going to talk about Ivan the Terrible. And occasionally I will mention something that is happening in the modern day, like Ukraine, to provide some context. And in the case of Ukraine, it was really a Second Amendment issue and the well-regulated militia. I also talked about that at some length with regards to 1941, when the United States was under attack, and the need for a competent populace to be ready to take up arms to defend the United States of America. You can't have a competent populace ready to take up arms if they've never touched a weapon before in their life. You can't. It's impossible. I don't care what you say. It's, it's just impossible. People who are not used to arms, people who are not used to being in a well-regulated militia, the way that the Founding Fathers described it, to a limited extent, it doesn't have to be completely that, but people who don't ever experience anything like that are not exactly the best recruits to pull your 
your fighters from. That is to say, your, your people who are going to take up arms and defend the country. Sure, you can teach people in time, but, you know, every once in a while something happens where you don't have time. And, you know, you, Ukraine is a very real example of that. It happened suddenly. I mean, uh, kind of. I mean, you could see it coming a mile down the road, but honestly, big debate as to whether or not it was ever going to happen or not. And when it happens, you, you hope that uh, there's plenty of people ready to shoot back when that army comes across the border. And that's a Second Amendment issue. That's why I mentioned that. But anyway, between democracy and a few other things, that's why I mention these things. But, you know, when I talk about, when I talk about, like, Ukraine, for example, I don't really get political about it, about whether or not uh, these little micro-issues should be addressed here or there. I don't talk about the planes, and I don't talk about the artillery, and I don't talk about the other things. I don't, I don't get into all that, because that, that would be me kind of crossing a line and really just doing a news broadcast at that point, a news commentary broadcast. I don't do that. But, you know, these things are this, this the same kind of stuff the Founding Fathers were contending with. It's the exact same kind of crap. And so, for for... Perhaps it will actually give people some understanding of what I'm actually talking about. Because I've, I've mentioned it before. I've listened to people talk about the Founding Fathers. And a lot of people talk about the Founding Fathers like they are mythology. Like they're fake characters in a story written thousands of years ago. Or so long ago, it might as well have not even happened because it doesn't matter anymore. And none of that is true. It's not mythology. It didn't happen thousands of years ago. I mean, in the grand scheme of timelines, it practically happened yesterday. It's not irrelevant, and we still live under the same government that they built. The same documents rule this country as ruled this country when the Founding Fathers built it. Yet people talk about it like it's mythology. And so me talking about a few modern examples to put things in context helps people understand. People who are not educated fully in what happened... And people who don't have a full appreciation of history yet, hopefully they will by the time this podcast is through, it helps them understand how real this is. It's part of the reason why I mentioned so many times the Founding Fathers' willingness to walk out into a field, square off with a professional army, and get shot at. And shot at by people who knew what they were doing. And why I say things like the British Army was given orders to march out into the countryside and murder people. It puts it into context. It makes it more real. It helps people understand this is not mythology. These were not fake characters. These were not a bunch of politicians, egotistical, sitting in a room somewhere just signing documents. A great many of these men were shot at, and quite a few of them were killed or wounded in combat. And some were tortured to death by their own country, well, by what was their own country just a few months prior. And so, yeah, I'm going to use some modern examples to try to draw that contrast as well and to paint a picture. That's why I do that. So if anybody ever gets curious as to why I do this, this is why. And I'm doing this episode of the podcast to explain all this because, you know, there's going to be a little bit more of this that comes down the pike. And it's not, I'm always going to have to add some context, either going back to Ivan the Terrible or back to the Roman Empire or talking, or talking about a few modern events that help put it into context as well. And this is really going to be the episode of the podcast where I fully go in depth and explain the why, why it is that I actually talk about some of the things I talk about on the podcast that may seem unrelated or out of context or beyond the scope of the podcast, uh, perhaps some folks might think, like when I go on my rant about uh, democracy versus republic. There's another thing that I talk about besides the democracy thing. I talk about some of the modern attacks upon the First Amendment of the United States of America. 
and the Second Amendment, for that matter. And I, 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 I alluded to the fact that I'm actually going to talk about attacks on the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution as well, and I will. And why on earth am I going to talk about that? Why is, is that crossing a line into modern political? I don't think so. Because, again, I have to put into context why the Founding Fathers put those amendments in the Constitution in the first place. Understanding that these things are under attack will help you see that. It'll help people understand that the reason why they were put there in the first place is because the Founding Fathers knew that the First Amendment was going to come under attack. The states were very, very nervous about ratifying that Constitution that we have today. And they were nervous about it because it because if you forget the context, like I've mentioned before, I did a whole episode on the instruction manual to the Constitution. And that is to say, it's the letters that these founding fathers wrote. If you get to a future generation where people don't read those letters, they don't read the instruction booklet, and ta-da, here we are, by the way, in 2022. I mean, you could have said that back in 1972 as well. People are not reading the instructions anymore. They stopped doing that about 100 plus years ago. The Founding Fathers, the people in the states, knew instinctively that someday there was going to be this generation that came along that didn't read those instructions, and frankly speaking, they don't even remember anybody who fought for this country in the Revolutionary War because they're all gone. So we've got to at least find these fundamental rights. The, not we, They didn't put all of the rights in the Constitution, and by the way, the Ninth Amendment of the Constitution actually talks about that. The rights that the people have are not limited to what's in the Bill of Rights. It's interesting they felt like it was necessary to put the Ninth Amendment in there, by the way. If you've never actually read the Ninth Amendment, or if you haven't read it in a long time, go back and, and read it and think to yourself, wow, they, they actually thought it was necessary to write that. Why did they put the Ninth Amendment in there? Because they knew that some lunatic was going to be President of the United States someday and try to say that those amendments in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, are the only rights that people have. The Founding Fathers had to write another one in there, a whole other amendment that says, no, these are not the only rights that people have. They knew it was going to come under attack. They knew that it was going to have to withstand a withering assault by every freaking lunatic who ever tried to run for president of the United States. Not to mention every House member, every senator, every state house, every governor, and on and on and on in this never-ending march of tyranny that this world has had to suffer under for 10,000 years. It never ends. And to people who study history like me and like you, it's the most frustrating thing in the history of the world that you can ever look at is this never-ending reach of tyranny from beyond the grave in some cases. It just never ends. And so I have to say that, yes, the First Amendment of the Constitution is under attack right now, this very second. As we speak on this podcast right now in the United States of America, the First Amendment is under constant, never-ending, withering assault. And I have to say it because it puts into context the Constitution and why the Founding Fathers actually put the Bill of Rights in there in the first place. Because they weren't stupid. They saw the writing on the wall. They knew what was coming down the road. They saw, like, like a vision of the future, they saw every crazy lunatic tyrant that was ever going to try to be President of the United States. Not to mention every lunatic legislative body that would ever take hold in any state or in the general Congress in the history of the country. On and on and on in perpetuity. If this country lasts for a thousand years, a thousand years from now, the First Amendment, assuming it's still there, will still be under attack. I'm not making that up. That's real. It's sad. It's pathetic. And the people who are attacking it are like animals. They're practically brainless individuals who have no concept what they're doing. 
But the Founding Fathers expected them to show up. Why? Because that's the history of the world. They've been there the whole time. For 10,000 years, they have been there, always waiting, waiting for the right opportunity to tear it all apart all over again. And so, yes, I have to say that. I have to say it's under attack. Otherwise, people might start to think, well, what's the need for the Constitution? The Founding Fathers fought a revolutionary war. We have our rights. We don't need this Constitution anymore. People know about all these rights. These rights are just, uh, it's, it's a given. These rights are a given. Everybody knows First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, right to assemble, blah, 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 petition this, that, and the other thing. Everybody knows all these things, all right. Okay, we don't, we don't need it written down in the Bill of Rights. Yes, we do. And here's why. And if I don't talk about the assault currently underway against the Bill of Rights in the Constitution, people forget how important it was what the Founding Fathers did. And people don't try to defend it. And it deserves to be defended because, newsflash, the Founding Fathers are not here anymore. Unfortunately, James Madison can't set up a soapbox somewhere adjacent Washington, D.C. and go on a rant about how they're destroying his Constitution. He can't do it. And part of the mission of this podcast is to channel the thoughts and the feelings of the Founding Fathers through their letters so that they have a voice in the 21st century. Because if we don't read the words off of the page and bring them back to life, the Founding Fathers effectively have no voice in the 21st century. And I can't stand the thought of that. Can you stand the thought of that? And again, I know for some of the folks who are in other countries, uh, be they in Europe or Asia or Africa who may be listening to this podcast, I understand this might, be, this might come as such a shock to you. That the Constitution, especially the Bill of Rights, inside the United States is under a never-ending, non-stop, withering assault. I know that there's people overseas that are going to be like, oh my gosh, is this guy serious? Yes, I am. I'm not making that up. And I've given plenty of examples about the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. And the Eighth Amendment, that's right around the corner. I'm going to be getting to that one before too long. And the Ninth Amendment, I just mentioned. Um, again, why did the Founding Fathers feel it necessary to put that in there? Now, there's a whole story just in that. Just read that amendment. And you think to yourself, why was that necessary? I mean, surely, surely everybody would know that, of course, you know, those amendments, you know, number one through eight, they're not the only rights that we have. The nefarious nature of politicians in some cases, not in all cases, obviously. There's some good ones. But the nefarious nature of certain politicians and people who seek power, believe me, if the Ninth Amendment wasn't there, the very first thing they would try to do is say that you, the only rights that people have are those eight amendments in the Bill of Rights, those first eight amendments. That's it. Those are the only rights you have. Everything else is, it's a free-for-all. We can take them. We can give them. It's up to government to give those rights. Well, the Ninth Amendment says, not on my watch. So, of course, yes, I'm going to talk about the various lunatics, degenerates, and tyrants who are alive and well in the United States today who are attacking the uh, the Bill of Rights. I'm not going to mention names because, again, this is a nonpartisan podcast, and I'm not going to get into sides. I'm not going to say that one side is worse than the other. I'm not going to say that this side is better than the other. I'm not going to get into all that crap. I leave it up to the, the listener of the podcast to discern who is good on these things and who's not good on these things. I, I'm an equal opportunity offender in that particular way. I, um, I, I am strictly here to talk about the Constitution, and I don't care what side anybody is on. If somebody stands against the Constitution, I'm, I'm, I'm against them, and I am, an, I'm against everything that they represent. It's that simple, and I don't care what side they're on. Because that's the way the Founding Fathers would have it. The Founding Fathers told us, don't play this game of picking sides. Don't do it.
And very promptly, after some of the Founding Fathers were gone, we started playing that game. Even some of the Founding Fathers decided to play the game, much against the advice of people like John Adams, and George Washington for that matter. George Washington especially was very much against this concept of picking sides, because he knew what that would lead to. He knew that it would lead straight to 2022. The only side any of us should ever pick is the side of the Declaration of Independence, and the Constitution, and the intent that the Founding Fathers had behind those documents. That's it. That's the only side I care about. And that's why, again, I, I, I tend to stick to this concept of not getting, you know, too mired down in modern political discussion, obviously, and definitely, definitely not naming names and not picking sides. And Because honestly, I couldn't pick a side even if I wanted to, because I think so many people are terrible on the Constitution. In other words, they don't understand it. I don't care what side you're on. There is a there. I mean, as far as politics goes in the United States, there's such ignorance and apathy about the Constitution. There isn't a side to pick. Just being honest, the only side to pick is the Constitution itself and the Bill of Rights, because I believe that the Bill of Rights, again, is sacrosanct. I mean, how could you possibly trample on somebody's right to free speech? It's hard for me to contemplate that, but people do. And those of you who are international to the United States, you know not all of you, but many of you know exactly what I'm talking about, because in your country, you can't say the things you want to say. Even in a lot of these so-called, quote-unquote, free countries, which really aren't free, you can't say what you want to say. I've talked about our friends north of the border before, and I've talked about other countries before, too. I don't name names, but I, I definitely, I, you know who I'm talking about when I say north of the border. Can you go, can, can you say what you want to say up there? No, you can't. It depends on what you want to say, right? That's supposed to be a free country. Is it a free country? No, not really. I mean, people in the United States forget, I think, sometimes that the, the, the whole concept of freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and things like that, it's really not honored in most of the world. Most of the world is still bathed in darkness on that issue. 200 and some odd years later, 250 almost since 1776, not quite that since the Constitution later on, 17. 87 and whatnot, and Bill of Rights, 1791, I believe, was the year that one went through. But you get the idea. It's uh, It's been a long time since the Bill of Rights was a thing, yet most of the world is still still drenched in darkness on those issues. It's a sad commentary, but it's true. It's a rare and fragile thing, the Bill of Rights. And that's why I say it should be talked about and defended. And, and I'm, that's why I talk about, again, the, the modern assault on the Bill of Rights, because, you know, we're going to miss it when it's gone. We are going to miss it when it's gone. But hopefully it never comes to that. Hopefully it's never gone. But in order for us to achieve that, we're going to have to have a discussion about it. So that, again, the Founding Fathers can have their voice heard. We're going to continue to read the letters about why they did what they did. And then I'm going to put it in a modern context so we can understand that, yes, this is still important. There is still something to be had here. This discussion is not over. It didn't end in 1776, it didn't end in 1787, and it did not end in 1791. It goes on and on and on. And you're on one of two sides. There is no middle ground here, and I hate to draw a contrast like this. Some people like to think, well, there's always shades of gray. No, in some cases there ain't. You are either for the First Amendment or you are against it. And if you are against it, you are either you are either one heck of an uneducated individual or you are bent towards tyranny and oppression and darkness. That's it. And I will make the case for that. And I will make the and I, I will talk about that conflict. And that's, again, why I, I go on this rant about the democracy thing, too, because the same kind of people 
who are usually against the First Amendment are usually the ones who go on this rant about how America is a democracy and it's a American institution of democracy and blah, 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 blah. It's not a democracy. It's not supposed to be. And if it ever is a democracy, the United States is no longer the United States. It's something else. I don't know what, but it's not the United States of America anymore. And some people like that idea. I don't know why. Not exactly. I have some theories, but I'm not going to talk about it. Because again, that's a little too deep for this podcast. I'm not going to really get into the nuances of it. I'm just going to I'm just going to point this stuff out and then leave it up to anybody who listens to this podcast to, to figure out the rest. Like on the like on the previous episode of the podcast, I said that I, I said once more that those people who call this country a democracy, people who should know what they're talking about, they're lying to you. But I didn't get into the details of why or what their agenda is exactly. Because I don't do that. That's that's going a little bit too much too far. I'll uh, I'll draw the line somewhere. But hopefully, those of you who might think I am edging closer and closer to t- to being a modern political podcast understand that no, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be that. Believe me, if I wanted to flip that switch on, I could start talking and not stop for the next ten years. Because I- I've mentioned this before on this podcast, I have been into this. I've been into observing the modern political world since I was in middle school. It's just when when other people were watching sports on TV, I was watching political news. When other people were, you know, doing other things, you know, having fun or whatever when they were kids, I had fun too. But I was also, for some strange reason, constantly watching the news and listening to political debates. I've been doing this for a very long time. If I wanted to flip that switch on and start talking about it, I could do it. I don't want to. I don't want this podcast to be that. It's not supposed to be that. It's supposed to be really a voice for the Founding Fathers, to give them back that voice that they should have in this country. They should have a seat at the table, and they always should have a seat at the table. And the reason why that is is because they fought and they died, and in some cases they were tortured to death in some of the most brutal ways a human being can be tortured. And they did it so that some future generation of people could hang a copy on that de- of that Declaration of Independence on the wall, and it still means something. I have a copy of the Declaration of Independence hanging on my wall. I'm looking at it right now, and it still means something. It still belongs to this country, and it's because of those men who died, and many of the men who died since then, in the hundreds of thousands. And the Founding Fathers are just as important as the rest of them. And again, they deserve a seat at the table. The country deserves to know why they did what they did and why it's important, and how important it is to actually hold on to those things that they did in regard to the Declaration of Independence. And as always, of course, yes, the Founding Fathers did make mistakes, and we are going to talk about that. I've talked about a few of those already, and we're going to have bigger conversations about that as the podcast goes on. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not one of those people who's going to talk about just the the, the positivity and the fluff of the Founding Fathers. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk about the bad things, too. But at the end of the day, having studied it all as best as I possibly can to this point, I still say that what the Founding Fathers did for the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence was some of the greatest societal and political and government work that has ever been achieved in the history of the world. And that's saying something. And I don't believe that it will ever be bested by anybody. I don't believe that there's a country on this earth that's ever going to do better than that. They may do just as good, but they're not going to do better. It's not going to happen. I could be wrong, and I hope some country out there proves me wrong. I really do. I believe I'd love nothing more than to see some country out there rise up and become something greater and more free and more attached to this concept of liberty than the United States ever was. I would love to see it. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. So let's hold on to it here and let's continue our discussion here. 
and continue to give a voice to the Founding Fathers in the 21st century and beyond. Because this podcast is real history about what these men really did straight off the page from their letters and correspondence. The good and the bad. And we've been talking a lot about the good, but I've got some letters already stashed aside that are going to provide context for some of the bad. And we will talk about it. But we will give them a voice. Because I think the country needs that. I think the world needs that. I think for for you folks who listen to this podcast from countries outside the United States, number one, I thank you for joining us on this podcast. It's my great honor to have folks from overseas listening to this podcast and joining our discussion and our study group here on this podcast, listening to the Founding Fathers as we bring them on one by one as guests on the podcast. Because I think everybody in the world has something to learn from the Founding Fathers, including me. Uh, A great bit of what I have learned in my life about government and the relationship between government and people was taught to me directly by the Founding Fathers. Some of the best education that anybody in the world can get on the relationship between people and government can be provided by the Founding Fathers. And the, the, the reason why I do this podcast is to make it easy to get access to it. Anybody can spend the time to track down the letters and read them themselves. Anybody could do it. It just takes a lot of time. Why not combine our resources? Why not have me go out there and get these letters and curate them and read them and provide some context around them? I think it's a great idea, and I'm happy that a lot of you folks agree with me because you've joined our study group on this podcast. It it really is an honor for me to have you all here, and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And as, as I've said before, I haven't said it in a while, but I'll say it again. The Founding Fathers would appreciate you being here as well. I don't know how they would... um. I don't know how they would approve or disapprove of what I do on this podcast. Maybe someday I find out. But I do know that they would be happy, and I'm very certain of this, I know that they would be happy that we're taking the time to read the letters and to try to understand what it is that they did and how important it was. Because some of these men, like I said before, they suffered greatly. Uh, This country, a lot of times people paint this picture that this country was given to the Founding Fathers on a silver platter. It, It wasn't. Not even close. So many of them had to die. And so many of them lost absolutely everything that they had. And so many of them were tortured to death in brutal, brutal ways. Definitely not handed to them on a silver platter. And then there was people like George Washington who had everything to lose. He could have stayed in Virginia, could have just stayed on his farm and lived his life, such as it was. But he took to a horse and rode off one day and didn't return for years. And he rode off with his soldiers and was almost killed on multiple occasions. And he could have been captured by the British. Could have been. Tried for treason, tortured, and hanged. And he had no reason, really, no good reason to believe it wasn't going to happen. But he did it anyway, because it was the right thing to do. Because he wanted you to be free. You, whoever you are on the other side of this microphone, in the United States, he wanted you to be free. Someday. I think he, I think despite the man's flaws, I think he aspired to have that for everybody, despite his actions to the contrary in some regard. And, and you, you folks might know what I'm talking about. He didn't, he didn't always support freedom for everybody. Until towards the end, I think. But I think in in the man's writings, I think I can see that even he uh, really was ambitious to find a way towards a place where everybody is free. And thank goodness we finally got to that place. A great many more people had to die to make it happen, but by by God, we got there. So for all those reasons, I continue the discussion on this podcast. And yes, I, I wanted to make sure and go through uh, some of the some of the modern political stuff, some of the stuff that seems modern political for this podcast. Um, like I said, I, I will talk about some modern political things, but I'll try never to cross the line and, and get 
partisan or anything of the sort. And I don't think I ever will. I, I maintain a pretty good standard in that regard. I wanted to make sure that everybody understood that I, I know where the line is. I stay behind it because I, I know you folks don't want to hear a modern political discourse on this podcast. You get that other places. Believe me. I know. And that's not what this podcast is going to become. So my more recent discussions about the attacks on the Bill of Rights and the democracy thing, that's going to pop up from time to time. It's not going to become the sole discussion of this podcast, so don't worry. It may have seemed that way, especially, you know, for that length of time I was just doing the short podcast. I wasn't getting back into the letters. It might have seemed like, oh my gosh, he's getting away from the letters. And he's just talking about that. He's just doing these short podcasts where he talks about democracy and the, the attacks on the Bill of Rights. It sounds like he's getting modern political. Oh my gosh, don't worry. It's not going to be like that for all the time. And uh, we're getting back into the letters now, especially with my schedule being freed up a little bit better. So it'll ease up a little bit. Uh, so thank you for bearing with me through that again. I uh, certainly hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and this discussion about uh, why we are here, why I am here. I'm sure you know why you're here, but uh, why am I here? And why, why do this podcast? And that, that, those are all the reasons why. And that's kind of uh, also a, a, a look into the how, how I do what I do or why I do what I do. So I hope to see you on the next episode of the podcast. I certainly hope it's going to be a feature-length episode. No guarantee on that. Again, my schedule is still bouncing around a little bit. It will be until about the end of the month. Uh, but I think uh, I'll probably be able to do another long-form episode next time as well, which is good. I look forward to those, and I hope you'll join me on that episode of the podcast. And with all of that said, this is Roman signing off. Thank you. <laughs>